This is The Playbook. Uh, There's kings of the forest, there's kings of the jungle, and there's kings of the ring. Uh, When it comes to heart and soul, Michael Chandler uh, and I look at, at least Steinberg, we represented Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, even early on Oscar De La Hoya. We've seen some Kings. We, we've seen some Kings, but I got the, the blessing of watching this guy in person. I've seen him on TV many of times in person, go toe to toe. And I haven't seen an athlete have this much heart and soul in my entire career. And that's why Uh, He's become one of my closest friends. He's become an entrepreneurial superstar as well. And I'm blessed to hopefully mentor him even more in the money matter side, because anybody with a heart and soul like Michael Chandler, he's going to make a lot of money and help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Hey, champ, how you doing? What's (laughs) up? I'm living the dream, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, dude, you create dreams. And I just want to once again, thank you for everything that you do to allow people to see what your potential is because you are an underdog and you're willing to stand toe to toe with the biggest and the, and the brightest. And I, I, I know that nose uh, looks like mine, but mine is genetic. <laughs> Yours was a, a gift from so many different people, especially yeah. your last fight. Mine was, mine was an occupational hazard. <laughs> mine was from occupational hazards. <laughs> no, no, I, Michael, yeah, Michael, I welcome, it. welcome to the show. And every guest we have on, I always kind of start off this way to see if there's some common threads. And when David said MMA, I thought he wanted to change the show to Meltzer Macy Amplified. So that was number one. (laughs) Number two, okay, I show the world how to break serve and you show the world how to break bones. Okay, so that's number two we got in common. Number three, you fight in a cage. And a lot of these junior tennis parents I deal with, they should be in a cage, okay? I, I teach the kick serve. I teach people uh, to think out of the box, okay? You do the same thing. You kick and box. But the most common thread that we have with you was April 19th, 2022. A little Chandler came into this world, and I want you to tell all the viewers what his name is. His name is Ace. There you go. There you Ace. go. There you, there you go. go. Another common thread. You could have named them four hands or double Ace. fault, but yeah. Ace is the place with Meltzer and Mace. So there exactly. you go. Exactly. I love it, man. A lot of welcome, common welcome threads. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, a lot, lot of common threads, and it's an honor to be here. Thank you all so much. And um, as as David said, too, just I'm living the dream and uh, loving loving to get opportunities like this. So thank you guys so much for having me, and I uh, hope we can add some value to people's lives. Yeah. And you can. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is as you get to the later years of your career, you don't have to fight anymore. You're a seasoned entrepreneur, business person, philanthropist. And, you know, it's one thing to want to play tennis or golf until you're 80. Uh, but, you know, I was watching your last fight thinking, man, if, if I had the life with my, my fa- gorgeous wife, kids, uh, economic success, but also the, the brain and acumen to, to make so much money outside the cage. You know, what what is it that brought you back and continue to bring you back into the cage when, you know, obviously it's not an easy living to get uh, stand up with the toughest people in the world. And, you know, it has to hurt. 
I mean, I, I couldn't imagine there's there's easier ways to make money. There is. Well, especially when I'm I'm blessed to have awesome relationships and friendships like yourself. And it's uh, you know, I just think I've been given so many great gifts. Um, and God has had me in the palm of his hand since the very, very beginning. And I've watched it all be orchestrated. Um, and I keep coming back time and time again because I think truly I still have the passion. I still have the purpose. Uh, I still have my why connected to it. Uh, you know, as you said, I have my wife and my two my two boys. And um, this sport has afforded me some amazing gifts and blessings and opportunities and a huge platform. Um, so I just love to I love the opportunity. You know, I love to compete. Uh, you know, it's actually funny. I don't, I don't really love fighting that much. You know, people see the way that I compete and they see the ferocity in which I compete. And they must they think I must just love it. And I actually, you know, don't really love the fighting that much, but it's but it's the it's the shiny object that that brings people and draws people to me and my story and and the story of the walk on and the story of of just a guy who was a small guy from a small town who was taught to do small things and and somehow, some way, here I am. Um and every single chapter, every single fight is another another brush stroke, brush stroke on this masterpiece I'm painting for my sons to be able to see someday. Um, and ultimately, too, as athletes, you know, David, you, you guys have been around a lot of athletes, obviously, Rick, um, with tennis players. You you know, when when they start to decline at a certain age or whether it be mindset or whatever, whatever it be, I, I feel like I'm still continuing to scratch the surface uh, every single time I fight. And every single day is just a blessing. And continuing to do it until the wheels fall off and, and making sure I stay, you know, stay healthy. Cause obviously this is a, as we talked about with the nose, there's a lot of occupational hazards that come with mixed martial arts. Um, but also a lot of opportunities and a lot of, um, a lot of blessings. So we're going to keep on, keep on keeping on until, uh, till it's time to, to take those gloves off for the last time and sail off into the sunset and just, uh, make a living doing things that are a little bit, uh, easier physically. No, listen, at the end of the day, you know, how Michael's wired from those early days in Missouri, running around the woods in diapers and your dad built your house with his bare hands, the work ethic and how you're put together from, you know, the ground up, those core values are still with you. And you're such a good, amazing competitor. It's hard uh, to let that go. You'll know when you got to do that but you just love to compete anybody, anytime, anywhere. It's the competition. And that's what this is all about. And that's the underlying factor for any athlete, you know, yeah. and uh, that's what you're seeing, Dave, that he described so perfectly. And, and Rick, if Mike calls you in three years and he says, Rick, man, I just love fighting, you know, not love fighting, but I, I, I want to keep giving back, but I'm not sure it's time. You've every single one of your greatest tennis players in the world has come to that point at different ages and different pieces and parts of their career. What are some of the questions that you would ask Michael to help him determine when it's time to, to hang it up? Uh, are there certain questions that you talked with Serena and Venus about, or, you know, what would you ask Michael before he made that decision? Well, I think number one, you know, he has a family, he has to make a living, but if he has to feel that he honestly has a chance to win, if he's just going through the motions, He's not only cheating the sport, he's cheating himself. And we talked about, about Roddick like that. He didn't want to be 50 in the world. If Roddick couldn't be top 10, that's why he retired at 28, where he got VW and Serena still playing at 40, you know, because they could be relevant. So it's a, it's a different situation for everybody. But if he thinks he can still deliver the goods or the knockout punch, uh, he should keep going. Because, listen, 
age is a number. If there's no playbook for this, you know what I mean? It, people don't know what's inside. They see a number, but they don't know what's inside this guy. And they don't want to know what's inside. This yeah, guy. they don't. Trust, trust me, I, I, I want to know what's inside and when I was going to make some money with us uh, together. And, and I've started that, that venture with him. And everything he touches off and outside the ring, he's successful at because he takes the same diligence and the, and the same mindset, heart set, and hand set that it takes to be successful. Mike, what's one of the challenges? Uh, you know, I love doing this to build my own ego and, and toughness, you know, when being an entrepreneur is not easy. Yeah. And so and it does create fear in people, a different kind of fear. You know, what's one thing that's challenging when it comes to making money, building a business, deciding to invest in something? And you do all three. But do you have fear sometimes that's equal to or greater than that of being in the ring? And if so, why? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And I think honestly, uh, you know, being an athlete for me came, came pretty naturally to me, you know, um, there's not a lot of fear that I have going into a huge, you know, my last fight, Madison square garden, the world's most iconic arena, the brightest lights you were there, you know, it's, it was, uh, you know, warming up in the same locker rooms as Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and the greats of combat sports, but I don't have, I don't have any fears going into it. Cause I know I have no regrets, uh, based on my preparation. I left no stone unturned in my preparation. I was diligent with my diet. I was diligent with my training. I was diligent with my sleep, diligent with my supplementation. So um, those decisions to do the right thing were always easy for me when it came to athletics. You know, when you talk about business or you're talking about rubbing elbows with some of the biggest and brightest minds in business in the world, you start to, you can start to have somewhat of an imposter syndrome. You know, you can, and you can have somewhat of the fear of, well, okay, you, you were good at this one thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate to the next thing. Um, so I think just working a lot on myself, um, operating in gratitude for that, which I do have, which wakes me up every single morning. And I, and I hear you talk about it all the time, say thank you in the morning and say thank you before you go to bed at night. Um, and I've really been working on that because as humans, we are prone to wander and we are, we are prone to get used to the blessings that we have. And they no longer seem like blessings anymore because they seem like commonplace. And I think since this last fight, especially over the over the holidays, getting to spend a lot of time with my family and a little bit of downtime, that's when you can really do the most work on yourself to realize the yeah. blessings that you do have in your life, how thankful you are for the people, the places, the things that you get to be around um, and ultimately why you are doing what you are doing. You know, so um, when it comes to the fears of investments or the fears of, do I deserve to be in the room with this person? Do I deserve to be on a conversation like this on a call like this? You know, it's, it's always continuing to operate with in gratitude and say, Hey, it's not really up to me. These opportunities are going to come, come and go. And these opportunities are going to, are going to uh, present themselves. And it's up to me to put my best foot forward. And hopefully, um, you know, your reputation speaks for itself and you can continue to move forward and hope for the best, you know, and it's kind of, Kind of like my fight style, you know, sometimes it's, you know, go out there and, and, and sometimes it's throw caution to the wind. Sometimes it's be being very calculated and finding that, that beautiful, delicate dance between the two. If I could chime in as a coach, first off, if you attack the business world, because you already got all the inner qualities and as you get more experience, you get more confidence, but you should have confidence because you already got the wiring. A lot of people don't have the wiring. You just got to, you're going to be in a different field. You know, but and you just got to believe and you should not hope to do it. You should expect to do it. You know, just like when you go in a fight, 
You know, it's the same thing. And I know confidence breeds confident. You see people that have done certain things and then you get more comfortable, but you can get that confidence even before you get the confidence. I love that. And, and Rick, as a coach, you know, preparation is, you know, what we're there for in part and parcel to make sure I'm that- I'm interviewing the coach Ace, by the way, because he's already has the name. I just got to get yeah. him so, Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I can mark that. Yeah. If he look, if he looks like his parents and plays uh, like your your <laughs> players, uh, Rick, I can market uh, that all day long. Let's no go. All right. Yeah, all right. we got the trifecta here. That's good. You're, yeah. you're born into your name. My name means beloved servant, and uh, unfortunately, it's not beloved server, uh, but it's servant. <laughs> servant. Uh, <laughs> so I'm giving back. But it's interesting because that word preparation uh, is my superpower in business. You know, when you see the interviews, the shows, the, the business due diligence, the advisory, the things that I do, you know, I was able because I sucked so bad at sports, I was able to prepare my way to be average, uh, average college athlete. But I just wasn't born with what I was born with for off the court. But I applied that diligence, you know, all, all the prepared stuff that you know i prepared as well as any professional athlete i just didn't have it you talk about genetics rick all the time yeah. but when i applied everything i learned to be decent as a college athlete to life uh my skill set was much more aligned with what we do how do we help athletes reach their potential uh regardless of what level because you coach every level and we get fortunate enough to see someone as brilliant as mike in the cage but how do we get them to apply the preparation aspect that we know is the formula to reach our potential? Well, obviously, in anything, preparation is the name of the game. You can't. You might get lucky and go in there and wing it, but your greatness is consistency. You know what I mean? That separates. That's rare air when you're great. Anybody can be good. And I try to stress this about the preparation. You know, you got to have discipline. You got to have structure. It should be boom, 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 and you let the chips fall. But if you're leaving any stone unturned, it's going to come back to bite you. Plus, you're building bad habits. So I try to do this even with eight-year-olds. You know, I want structure, discipline, even though they're going home to mom and dad. Okay, there has to be a routine. Okay, if you want to be a pro, start training like a pro. You want to go to college? I can help you with that. That's not a bad opportunity. But if you want to be great and they tell me what they want to be, that's a whole different discussion. If you want to be this. You know, and it's once you get them to own it, then they got to do it every single day. But preparation, Dave, is what this is all about. Uh, even before this podcast, that's what it's all about. And like I said, you can wing it, but you're not going to ever reach your potential. And consistency. I mean, this could be the trio of consistency. I gladly put up how consistent all three of us are comparatively to anyone that I know. Um, but there's two aspects to being consistent. I love, Mike, for you to, to share with me. One is I always joke around that I've no, never woken up and wanted to go for my run. I run three and a half miles and I've never woken up and said, man, I can't wait to get out there and do it. But I've never finished running and said, damn, I wish I didn't do that. So my first question is, what do you say to yourself or what do you do to get started when you know you don't want to get started uh, and you know the result? I don't know what it is about human nature. We don't want to get started, even though every time we finish, we know it feels so good. And then two, even more importantly for everyone, how the hell do you get your kids to do shit? Yeah, well, um, well, I'm still working on that second part right now, you know, with a almost six year old and obviously an eight month old. Um, 
And that is a, a constant battle that I'm going to be working through. But in my life and for, for me, and even as a, even, even as a professional athlete, I mean, this is my job and this is my, my profession. This is how I provide for my family. And, and there's still times where you don't feel it, you know, you just don't feel it. And then you, you know, you, uh, you kind of have to stop and pinch yourself and say, man, how, how entitled must you, must you be to uh, not want to go do this workout right now or not want to go do this run or this ice bath when you know it's going to lead to success? You know it's going to lead to providing for your family and putting food on the table. Um, and I think for me, you know, starting out as a young, single, young man, athlete all by myself, then you get married, then you have the kids. I mean, my, my level of gratitude and my level of responsibility also at the same time and and adding to my why year after year now having two sons two sons that are going to someday see who their dad is not because of what i said hey you know hey son check out this fight of me hey son check out this newspaper clipping i don't want them to see i don't want me to tell them i want them to talk to you guys i want them to talk about talk to their peers i want them to see see things on on the internet or see things from other people that i created a masterpiece that they were able to see who their dad was through other people um, because I can tell them all day long, you know? So I think for me, it's, it's just knowing that not only do I have a great crowd of witnesses around the world, but I have two, two witnesses at home that are, are, you know, my, my guiding light in life that I will, I, I will be, you know, their Superman, if you will, you know? So, um, I really just think about them, you know, and I talk about wearing my, my wedding ring. I have a silicone wedding band that I can wear at all times. I, I can wear it underneath my gloves. I can wear it in the sparring sessions, in the lifts. I used to have my gold medal band and I used to take it off. It's a crazy. I didn't lose it, but I have my Y attached to me at all times. And I can always look down on it and say, okay, this one's for ACE. This one's for Hap. This one's for Bree. This one's for my platform. This one is for, you know, the, the beautiful blessings that I have. So I kind of really just going back to operating in gratitude because I didn't do it you know, for a long time, I, I became very complacent and Hey, you know, I work hard, so I deserve to be successful or I, I work hard. So I deserve this and that. And then you really start to pull yourself out of it. And I think it does come with age, you know, wisdom, being a seasoned veteran that you think, wait a second, none of this is given. This is all rented every single day. And yes. the rent is due every single time that sun comes up. Um, so just loving, loving my life and, loving who I get to live it for and who I get to provide for. That's really what I tell myself. And then someday, hopefully they will see the hard work that I put in and hopefully it rubbed off on them a little bit. And uh, they're able to, uh, you know, do hard things, do things that challenge them, do things that scare them and ultimately make it, make an impact that we all want, not just ourselves, but our, our offspring, our children to make. Dave, if I can back the truck up a second, when you said about running the three miles or I don't want to work out or I don't want to do that, you know, all of us have done certain things for so long. Then it's this game within a game within a game with yourself where you feel guilty and you're cheating yourself. It's not about your opponent. It's not about anything else. It's you and you. And that's your ultimate competitor. So you almost don't want to do it, but then you, you feel guilty to yourself and then you do it and then you feel great. And once you get in that routine, you don't want to get out of it. And this is what people, you got to start if you ever want to finish. Yep. Yeah. I'd love to land the plane with this is, you know, there's different levels of success uh, combined with passion, purpose, as well as profitability. And people reach a level in their life where they're, you know, start taking for granted what other people wish for. And you see that here living in America that, you know, one of the things I think that I try to help gain 
a participation in a perception with Americans is, hey, look, we, we, we have things to work on, but don't take for granted what everyone else around the world are wishing for. And that's what living in America means to me. And, and I know it does to you guys as well. But there becomes the next level of success that we have to deal with. And it's taking for granted what we wish for. Uh, that we all reach the level growing up where we grew up and how we grew up with the parents that we grew up with, that we've reached a level in our lives where we actually can take for granted what we were wishing for. We've exceeded what we were wishing for as, as kids, what we thought maybe even could be a reality. And I see that in my life. And I know, Rick, you probably have seen that not just in your life, but in so many athletes' lives. Um, you know, as we land this plane, you know, how do we remind ourselves of that gratitude that not we're so grateful in life that not only are we beyond what other people are wishing for, we're beyond what we ourselves are wishing for. And it becomes a responsibility. We have an accountability to ourselves and our families to make sure that we carry forward that and let people watch us, not listen to us, but watch us and learn from what they see. Yeah, no, listen, at the end of the day, we're all day to day. You know what I mean? This thing can change in a blink of an eye for all three of us. So, but people get caught up in all the insanity, everything that goes on every day in life. It's easy to get caught up in that. You got to appreciate every day, every hour, every minute, every second. It's all how you look at the, the game of life. And when you do that, you'll feel better about yourself. You're going to appreciate people more. You'll be thankful more. It's all perspective but it's an attitude adjustment. And that's what I try to do with the, most of the players, because as I told you, the best of the best, even Michael, they're the most positive creatures that walk the face of the earth. Yeah. And positivity has to be worked on every single day. That's the thing. Every it's, day. You know, it's like, it's like, showers. yeah, it's like showering. It wears off. It's recommended daily, you know, there you go. positivity. That was a Zig Ziglar line. You know, that's what he always said. <laughs> Motivation wears off. It's like a shower, you know, it wears off. It's recommended daily. And that's, it is true. And it's, and it's not just reading something or it's not just watching something. All that is great, but also continuing to seek out people, places, things that fill you up, that fill up your bucket, that make you feel alive, you know? And, and I love what you said. David too like I mean if you would have asked you know the little 16 year old Michael Chandler you know hey I'll give you just one quarter of what I currently have now or the platform that I have now or the financial stability that I have now or the wife and the kids that I always dreamed of he would be ecstatic but still somehow me little old me I wake up every morning and well I got this that and the other thing to worry about and we forget how truly blessed we are you know and it's uh I love, I love that perspective. And truly, if I could even just back it up, you know, seeing people like yourself who are in the even later stage of life with more than I have and more of everything that I want and you admitting that and you still seeing the gratitude that you live with. I mean, that's, that's really what, what the game is as well, you know, continuing to see the people that you want to be like the places you want to be, the things you want to do and have, um, and then operating in, in gratitude from point A to point B. And then once again, going back to saying thank you every morning and thank you every night. And that has helped me tremendously recently because, you know, we can all get caught up in the, 
the woes and we can all get caught up in the, you know, the if eyes and the nearlies and I need this and I need that when really we have everything that we need and everything is at our disposable at our disposal. We have an infinite amount of happiness and joy and peace and contentment and and all of those things inside of us. It's just up to us to actually tap into them and find the people, places and things that make us feel alive. Well, I'll tell you what. You must be watching a guy like Rick Macy or David Meltzer. You you have definitely you don't get that from listening, but you got that from watching and, yeah. and seeing. And Michael, tomorrow's my fifty fifth birthday, and I'm going to celebrate it in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, shortly. And I'm hoping that uh, if you, if you want a stage, you can step on stage with me uh, there because I'll be speaking. But please honor me by allowing me and my wife to take you and your wife out uh, while we're in your backyard. I know we'll get together. But, you know, make some time for me while I'm there that weekend because uh, I would love to celebrate uh, my own existence by having someone who has such a great existence. And Mr. Macy, if you could fly up as well, I'm getting closer and closer to seeing you in person. But uh, <laughs> please, anybody wants to celebrate the celebratable, what an honor it is, uh, an exemplary interview about Game Set Life uh, for all sports and all walks of life. Uh, Rick, any last comments for our new friend? Well, when he's thinking of thank you, I just want to thank you because uh, the way he's wired and he can inspire so many people, uh, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. This is an honor yeah. for me, and I, I appreciate you all. And happy early birthday. I know it's uh, less than 24 hours away, Dave. You tell so let's, Ace let's he's on my radar screen. I recruit yeah, him. Yeah, he, when David was an agent, he went after him young, but I, yeah. I go real young. You should, yeah, you should see. I got to beat everybody crawling. to the punch. He just started crawling, man. You should see the footwork or the, the knee work. Yeah, you know. Strong core. I, I watched lot, lot I, safer. I saw your footwork. I know how he's already moving. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, incredible. Michael Chandler. We'll see a lot more of him as well. If you're not following him, if you've been hiding under a rock, if you haven't experienced him inside and outside the cage, you're missing out. Michael Chandler, thank you so much for inspiring us all. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, I'll see you at the top. Thanks. See you soon, man.